Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Amen. Say this with me. Say, Lord, here I am. Speak to me today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to take a look at a few verses there in Colossians chapter 3. And I want to say one more time before I start preaching today, thank you for being here this morning. I know we're in the middle of a pandemic and in the middle of vacation. And a lot of people are going on vacation. And uh, so I'm so thankful that you are here today. And I want to welcome those who are online this morning, those who are watching today from their homes or from their uh, looking at their phones or who have us on their TV, on some kind of streaming device. Uh, we welcome you today as well. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to the word this morning. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Today I want to let you in on a secret. I want to let you in on a secret today. Today I want to let you in on the greatest tactic, let you understand and let you know what the greatest tactic I believe the enemy is using against the children, against the children of God today. It is the tactic of distraction. Satan would have us distracted today. Satan would want us to listen to things that we shouldn't listen to. Allow voices to have influence in our lives that should not have influence in our lives. People speaking to us that shouldn't have authority to speak into our lives. But not only people, but there's news and media, social media, news that you can watch on your television that is taken over the minds of people. Can I remind you that the Bible tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear. And it's a spirit. It's not a feeling. It's a spirit, the Bible says. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Today I want to talk to you a moment about distraction. Now I'll tell our leaders right now up front, you've already heard this. You heard this Wednesday night when I invited you to come to a session that I believe God ordained and God spoke to me to speak to our leaders. I gave it to you first. And you're fixing to hear it again. Say, get over it. Look at your neighbor and say, it'll be all right. You need to hear it again. Not me, you need to hear it again. Today I want to talk about distraction. What is distraction? Distraction is a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. See, I want to talk to Christians for a moment today. When I speak of distraction, I'm, 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 I'm talking about the fact that you haven't completely forgot about God. You're just not fully giving him your attention. 
See, that's distraction. He's not walking away completely. It's a slow drift where we begin to focus on something else other than that which is of God. A distraction. A distraction today. I don't know about you, but me and when I go somewhere, I don't know how to get anywhere other than like things, places in Waycross. But if I go on vacation, I have to use my GPS. I don't know what we've done before GPSs. I guess we had maps and stuff. But I use a GPS. You use a GPS. And you punch in where you're going. And then you do whatever that thing tells you to do. Now, my GPS is British. She has a British accent. I don't know why she talks British, but she does. I don't ask any questions. She just tells me what to do. And when me and Holly and, and, and Judah and Abriel get into where we're going, or go, get in the car to go where we're going, if we're going on vacation or something, I punch it in, and there we go. We're off. And I got my music like I like it. Holly's got probably something going on on her phone. Judah and Abriel are fighting. Here I got my little British lady telling me each, every little which way to go. And I'm on the road and in all that I tell you, Abriel and Judah's in the back fighting. And I got the radio going, and Ab Holly's got her phone going, and I, in the background I hear this lady say, in one mile, exit, off this exit. I say, all right, yep, I'm going to do it. And I got my music going, and I, I tell you, I got Abriel and Judah in the background fighting. And I'm going... Then it says, in a half mile, turn on this exit. And then it says, in a thousand feet, turn off on this exit. 500 feet, turn off on this exit. I don't know about you, sometimes I can just get it in the zone. You know, everything's going on around you, but you don't really hear it. And that British lady's saying, in 400 feet, Turn on the exit. Hey, stupid, 50 feet, stop, turn, mash the brake. There I go. Anybody ever done that? And then you know what it says? Rerouting. Today, I don't believe we need a reroute as a result of our distraction. I believe we need a restart. I believe we need a restart. A restart that starts with a reevaluation of where we are with Jesus. I believe it's so important to take advantage of this grace and mercy that we've got to have a spiritual restart in our lives. Because, see, I'm talking to Christians today. When I say restart, I'm not talking to a lost person right now. I'm going to talk to you in just a minute. But when I say restart, I'm talking to Christians because you can't restart something that has never been started before. You see, 
So I'm talking about a restart this morning, starting fresh and new. And I want to give you four keys to what I believe is a successful, will guarantee a successful spiritual restart. Now this is for, before you say this is for somebody else, let me clarify this to you. This is for you. Okay? This ain't for your spouse. This ain't for so-and-so who ain't here today that you think needs to hear it. This is for you. This is for me. We need a restart. The first thing we need to do in a spiritual restart is to refocus. We've got to refocus. We just bought some camera equipment that gives, gets us online and it looks good. Well, I mean, it looks as good as it can when it's pointed at me. But it's doing what it's supposed to do, picking all of me up, you see. And you, I don't know a lot about it. I have, in the last, all these, tech, uh, all these changes that we've made, I can't do anything now but turn the lights on into this building. I, I can't even turn those cameras on. I don't even know how to turn that soundboard on. But I do know this about the, the, these cameras, that you have to focus in on what you're recording. To keep it from being fuzzy and blurry, you've got to focus. It don't have autofocus. It has a manual focus. And when they get it on what they want it on, they touch it and they focus it in and it looks beautiful. Great. Until somebody walks out in front of me. And when somebody walks out in front of me, you know what happens? It gets out of focus. Why? Because something got out ahead of the thing which was being focused on. And see, I think for a lot of us believers, as our focus is on Christ Jesus, but something gets, it's easy. Hear me now. Your eyes can be on Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 12, 2 tells us to look unto Jesus, to focus on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It's so easy, though, when we're focused on Jesus to allow something to come out in front of Jesus. And we were focused and we were lasered in on Jesus, but we allowed something to get out in front, causing us to, hear me, lose our focus. See, the power of distraction is this. It'll cause you to lose your focus. And when you lose your focus, distraction will lead you to another destination. See, when I lose my distraction and, and, and I got the British lady telling me, turn here, but I'm distracted. Guess what? I keep on going straight. And instead of going to Panama City Beach, I wind up in Birmingham, Alabama. That would be bad news, wouldn't it? I remember we were headed from Brunswick. I know how to get to Brunswick without a GPS. Right? Yes. Of course I do. I know how to get home from Brunswick without a GPS. 
Well, I thought I did. When I decided I would take a shortcut. Anybody ever took a shortcut that turned into a long cut? Two hours later on my shortcut from Brunswick to Waycross through the scenic route of Sterling and Jessup and Blackshear. I got back to Waycross. See, that's a problem because, see, distraction will deter you, detour you. And where you thought you were headed, you waste a lot of time. See, I've met a lot of people who said, Pastor, I've wasted time. I wasn't doing what God called me to do. I, I got out of focus and, 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 and now I'm, I'm, I'm wasting time. Well, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. God won't allow you to waste no time. Now, he don't want you to go a way that you're not supposed to go, but he's full of grace and he's full of mercy. And right where you're at, I don't care where you're at on the journey. I don't care how many exits you've missed. I feel preacher coming up on me now. I don't care how many exits you've missed. I don't care how long you've been going in the wrong direction. Can I tell you, you've got a God who is full of grace and mercy, and he will bring you from where you're at to where you need to be. We got to refocus. This is what I've learned about refocusing. Hear me for a second. Your first becomes your focus. See why that camera would get out of focus when something got in front of me because what in front of me was first. It become the first thing that that camera seen. So now I'm out of focus. Your first becomes your focus. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Go back to the first sentence. Seek ye first. Whatever is first in your life becomes your focus every time. And the proper order of God's word is this. you got to seek him first in every area of your life. And everything you need shall be added unto you. After you reevaluate yourself and refocus, then there's a word that we don't like to talk about in the church. After you've refocused, You've got to, say it with me, repent. You've got to repent. I met a guy one day who told me, Pastor, I don't have to repent. I said, man, that's cool. He said, yeah, I don't have to repent. He said, I repented one time when I got saved. I went to the altar, and I haven't ever went to the altar since. And I thought, well, I was wondering what exactly was wrong with you? Now I understand. See, repentance is not a one-time thing. Repentance is a lifestyle. See, what happens is when you get saved, Jesus comes up and takes residence inside of you and lives in you. And the Holy Spirit is working inside of you. And you go from glory to glory or from day to day. And guess what? I don't know about you, but in my life, the Holy Spirit will reveal things to me today that he didn't yesterday. And when he reveals those things in my life about me that I don't like, then I've got to do something about it. I can either ignore it, I can either ignore it, or I can take it to God. 
And when he reveals himself to me and reveals that I got too much, you know what, what it is usually? I got too much me in me. And he'll point out this thing in my life. He didn't point it out last year, but he pointed it out today. And then I have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in my life. And then I got to do something about it. And you know what I found out? That usually when he, he brings up something in my life that's not pleasing to him, it ain't the first time he's told me about it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's usually not the first time. The first time I tried to ignore him, the first time I tried to brush it under the rug, the Holy Spirit will bring things to your attention. And then what are we to do? The proper response, listen to me, is to repent. Repentance is not a one-time thing. It's a lifestyle of the Holy Spirit showing me things in my life that don't line up with his word. And then this is what I do. I repent. What does repent mean? It means turning away from the thing that God said in your life is not pleasing to him. You turn away with it. Turn away from it. You say, this is wrong. I know it's wrong because God says it's wrong and I don't want to do it anymore. And you turn, turn away. You repent. You walk away from it. And repentance has such a negative connotation to it. We don't like to talk about it. But there's a great things that, thing that happens after we repent. We enter into seasons of refreshing. David writes about the fact that he was holding in unrepented sins. And the Bible says that he was crying out. His bones were so sore. She was sweating. He said, I felt like all this, inner, my, my insides were just going to explode. I couldn't hardly function. I had no peace. I had no joy. Why? Because he had unrepented sin in his life. But when he repented of his sins, he entered into times of refreshing. And then we read in Acts chapter 3, verse 19. It says, repent ye therefore, that your sins may be blotted out. And when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. When you enter into repentance... God will refresh your soul. You see, in front of my grandmother's house, there's a pond. You, you don't know it's a pond because for years and years it has grew up. In fact, so much so that a man went out there. She paid a man. She could have never paid me enough she paid a man to walk out on that grass that's hovering over that water and cut it with a lawnmower. And the part that she couldn't cut, he used a weed eater and would reach out there and he had these big old boots on. I thought, there's no way I'd go out there. There's alligators out there. There's snakes out there. That's besides the point. But anyway, it was covered up. 
you would drive by it and you would not know that there's a water under there. See, I read in the Bible about a man named Isaac who had some wells that his father, that his father Abraham had dug. And Isaac went to visit the wells and get some water out of them. And when he got, went to get some water out of them, he noticed that they had been covered up. The Bible says the Philistines had covered them up, but there was a little bit of water still at the bottom of the well, but you couldn't get to it because of the debris and the trash. And underneath, there was some water. You know, that's kind of like our lives. The well, the pond, at times because of neglect. I'm preaching now. I'm not hollering, but you know I'm preaching, right? Times of neglect. And leaving things in our life unrepented, the world will throw debris and cover up our wells. But I believe God is calling us like He called Isaac to redig the wells. Don't do like my grandmother and cut the grass. You hear me? We're in the business of cutting the grass. Covering things up. Making it look good. Fitting the part so that we can walk in the church with a smile on our face. And when somebody asks us how we're doing, we can lie to them and tell them we're doing good. God bless you, brother. How are you? I'm doing great. And the whole time you know that your well is full of trash. And instead of getting an excavator and getting all the debris out, we've decided to just cut the grass. Are you hearing me now? Jesus is telling us, no, you got to get it out. You've got to repent. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to get out the excavator and dig up the stuff that you've tried to hide over the years. You've tried to just brush under the rug. God says no. Allow the Holy Spirit to show you those things and then repent and he'll take those things out. He'll clean out your well and you'll enter into times of refreshing that you have not experienced before. Distraction will cover up your wells. Distraction will, did you hear? Distraction will cover up your wells. God wants to allow refreshing, times of refreshing to come. Oh, I don't have time to tell you, but I will. Second Kings chapter four talks about a lady, a widow. This widow was running out of food. The prophet comes to her house and says, what do you have? Listen now. She said, I got a little bit of oil. 
You know what oil, she said, a little bit of oil in a jar. Let me break this down for you. The jar represents me and you. The oil represents the Holy Spirit of God. Some of us can say today, I got a little, I'm struggling, but I still got a little bit of oil. I'm a well, and I got water. You can't see it, but there's still a little trickle coming out from underneath all the debris, all the, all the trash. She said, he said, what do you have? She said, I got a little bit of oil left. What do you have in your house today? Look, that's what it says. He said, what do you got in your house? She said, I got a little bit of oil. Let me ask you, what do you have in your house? Huh? I'm talking about a spiritual restart today. What do you have in your house today? Are you listening to me this morning? What, what, what do you have in your house today? Well, if you're saved, you may be struggling. You may be distracted. But friend, you've got a little bit of oil. And can I remind you, God can do a lot with a little. He'll do a lot with a little if you'll just say, God, I don't have a whole lot. I've been distracted. I've been neglecting the things of God, but I've got a little bit of oil left. See, she knew about distraction. Let's see, keep on going. He said, go get you some more jars. Go to your neighbor's house and get some jars. And when you get to your house, shut the door. Oh, hallelujah. See, the prophet said you got to get away with it. You got to get out of all the noise. You got to get out of all the mess. You got to get away from the distraction. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying right now? You got to get away with me. You got to, she had to shut the door. There's some calls you need to quit taking. There's some channels you need to stop watching. There's some news you need to stop listening to. Come on, somebody. There's some doors you need to shut in your life. There's some influences, influencers in your life that have no business influencing you. This lady knew what it was about. She shut the doors. She got along with God. The story would go on to say with a little bit of oil, God would use that. And for every jar she had in that house, the Lord filled it up. See, that's refreshing, friend. And that's what God wants to do in your life. If you'll get out of the, the, the way, if you'll get in the way, but out of the way. If you'll get in his way and out of the way, I feel that. If you get out of the way and get in his way, in his will, get out of the all the junk that's going on, all the noise and all the chatter and COVID's rising and COVID's decreasing and wear your mask and don't wear your mask. And these are asymptomatic and these are not asymptomatic. And these people don't like these people, but these people do like these people. And black lives matter. No, all lives matter. No, these lives matter. And get out of all the mess, all the rhetoric. Get away from all the voices and shut the door and get along with God. 
I'm preaching. God will refresh your dry and barren and distracted and unfocused souls. You've got to refocus. You've got to repent. Then you'll enter into times of refreshing. And the last key to a successful restart is the continuation. Renewing your mind. See, us Pentecostal people like the moment. We get all, woo, on Sunday. But we don't need a moment. We need a movement. We don't need another good church service. If good church services, services would have done it, I've been in a thousand good church services. We don't need good church services, friend. We need to get our lives refocused. We need to repent. And then we need God to refresh our souls. And then we've got to renew our minds. What does that mean? That means today's good. And I'm refocusing today. And I'm repenting today. But tomorrow i got to renew my mind. What's that mean? i got to remind myself of the things that I repented of. Because I walked away from them today. But I need to stay away from them tomorrow. Oh, hallelujah. I said, I walked away from them today. I still need to stay away from them tomorrow. If they hurt me today, they'll hurt me tomorrow. If they'll mess me up today, they'll mess me up tomorrow. Do you understand what I'm saying today? I've got to renew my mind. Why? Because Romans chapter 12 verse 2 tells us this. Do not be conformed, shaped, made to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind so that you can, you'll know what is good, what is acceptable, and what is the perfect will of God. There's so much noise out there, so much chatter. You don't even know what, if you don't renew your mind to God's word and to who he says you are, you'll believe all the lies of the enemy. I meant to tell you this in the beginning, but I didn't. So I'm going to tell you now. In 2018, I had a dream. And now, 99.9% .9 of my dreams make absolutely no sense. And I forget them no sooner than I wake up. But this dream is a dream that I knew was from God. And I preached in 2018. I preached a series on distractions. This week, God brought this dream back up to my back up to my remembrance. And it was a very simple dream, and this was it. Now I understand that I was up here. It looked like our church, but I was at a different viewing point. Because as you know, I was all, I've always preached down there, which I prefer. But for video purposes, here I am. So now it makes sense, but in this dream, 
the church was full. And I was going to preach, and as I was preaching, there was a loud noise under, just under, the, under my talking. It was kind of like a meeting. Before the meeting starts, people are just talking to themselves, and it's just a soft roar. Really unintelligible. You can't tell what they're saying, but it just, ah, just a bunch of racket. And that's what was going on. And I'd get loud, and as you can, as you would guess, I got aggravated. And I got louder. And then when I got louder, they got louder. Now, there was a few people who were listening. But many were caught up in this talk. And I could see people, they were gathered around. And well, I wouldn't say it was a TV because I didn't see a TV, but it looked like a TV, but I don't know if it was a TV. Anyway, I'd preach harder and louder. They'd get louder. Eventually, I slammed my Bible down. And I walked down. And I looked at what people were talking about and listening to. And they were watching the news. They were caught up with Facebook walls would, uh, would scroll and they'd be talking and pointing. And then I woke up. I preached a series on that as God spoke to me after I woke up about distractions. Here we are in 2020 and I believe it's just as real today. Even more so that we're living in a world where Satan's greatest tactic is distraction and he wants to distract you. He wants to distract you so that he can deter you, so that he can cause delay in your life. But God is calling us back to a place of restart. God is giving us grace and mercy so we can examine our lives and see if we're where we need to be with God. I'm going to be real blunt. Your marriage hangs in the balance. See, you think your distraction is cute and it's just bothering you. You're fooled, friend. Your marriage is in the balance. Your children hang in the balance. Your family hangs in the balance. Man and woman of God, it's time not to be distracted, but to be devoted to the things of God. To be dedicated to what God's Word says. To be dedicated to the church and to the move of God. It's not a time to be distracted. While you're distracted, Satan's going to take your family. While you're distracted, Satan's going to take your children. While you're distracted, Satan's going to move in your family and you're not even going to know it. And you're going to wake up one day and everything's gone and it was because you were distracted. We don't have time. It's time to wake up. This is, this is it's about you, but it's more than just you. Your decisions just don't affect you. They affect those around you, those you love. It's time 
to wake up, to open your eyes. It's time for a restart. The church needs a restart. I don't want to go back to just opening my Bible and preaching a word, singing a few songs, playing the instruments, doing church. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to get back to what God has called us to do. Get back to evangelizing. Get back to reaching the lost and the hurting and the broken. So that God can do what he done in your life for somebody else. Because he is no respecter of persons. What he done for you, he wants to do for somebody else. I don't want to go back to normal. I don't want to go back to just having church. I want to get to a place where God moves by His Spirit. I want to get back to a place where people are trembling under the power of God, under the conviction of God, because they want to get things right with God. So what do we do? What do we do? Now listen to me, church. What do we do? Now we can hear this message and we can go on about our lives and be distracted. What are we going to do? We can hear this message and we can say, Pastor done a good message or whatever, or oh, he was pretty rough, or huh, he was funny. Whatever you get from this. Or you can have a spiritual restart in your life that you so desperately need. I'm through with the bowing your heads and closing your eyes. Did I tell you that? I meant to tell you yesterday, last week. We're not going to bow our head and close our eyes anymore, not much. Because that's such a cowardly way of doing it. we got to get to a place where we're going to be bold about the things of God. If I can't boldly say I'm a sinner and I need Jesus, then i got to do it undercover. No, I'm not doing that no more. Today we're going to be real with God. This is the first thing I want to ask to you guys here today. Is there anybody in this building who would say, Pastor, I heard what you said and the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me. And I, I, I'm not saying, you're saved. Remember now, this right here, what I'm talking about is for saved people. You can't restart if you ain't never started. You say, Pastor, I am in need of a spiritual restart. If that's you, raise your hands. I already got my hand raised right now. All across this building, I'm in need of a spiritual restart. Yeah, put them down. So how does this work? I told you. See, the Holy Spirit shows you done that today you raise your hand you're saying the Holy Spirit's dealing with me 
You don't need me to tell you what he's dealing with you about because you already know. Then what should I do? Well, whatever the Lord is showing you, you know you need to repent of it. You need to say, God, I repent. I'm sorry. I know this is wrong. You say it's wrong. I have grown stale. You know, sometimes we need to repent of being lukewarm. Just lukewarmness, conformity. Whatever it is the Lord's showing you, then you repent. And then you don't live in condemnation. You don't live in guilt. God's not holding it over your head. Then he's going to refresh you. So allow the grace and the mercy and the wonderful, outstanding, magnificent love of God penetrate your heart and your soul and be refreshed in his presence. Okay? And now the fourth part, the renewing part, happens tomorrow. We're going, we're going home with homework. It's not just good enough to have a moment. Remember what I said, what you walk away from today will still be there tomorrow, and you've got to make up your mind. If it was wrong for me today, it's wrong for me if it's a distraction today it will be a distraction tomorrow that's tomorrow I say it's tomorrow but I know how the devil works it could be this afternoon it could be before you get out these doors you've got to remind yourself of what God is doing and what God has done in so hands went up all across this building. I want us to pray. Are you ready? You know what? You need to pray. Now you don't need me to pray for you. You need to pray for yourself. So when we pray, I want you to pray. You to pray about your situation. Are you ready? Let's do it. Father, right now, God, I lay myself before Holy Spirit, do the work in my life that only you can do, oh God. Lord, as your sneaky hands went up all across this building, and I believe there's people today that are listening online and they're saying, Pastor Caleb, I need a spiritual restart in my life. There's things that have been in my, messed up my focus. I need to repent. And then I need God, you to refresh my soul. Father, we repent today. Cry out to Him, church. Call out on His name. These altars are open right now. Call out on God. If you need to talk to Him down here at the altar, if that makes you feel better, if you like going down to this altar, the altars are open today. There's people coming down here. I want you to cry out to God. This ain't, this ain't a game. Father, we repent. God, we repent today, God. We repent of lukewarm living. We repent, God, of conformity and complacency in our lives, God. We yield ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit, oh God. Lord, I must decrease, God, so that you can increase, Father. I need a spiritual restart. Rejuvenate me, God. 
Refresh me, Lord. Renew my spirit, oh God. There's too much me in me. Too much self in me, oh God. I repent. Forgive me, God. Forgive me for what I've posted. Forgive me for what I've shared. Forgive me for what I've talked about. Forgive me for how I've acted. Forgive me for how I've responded. Forgive me, God, for choosing sides when the only side I have is your side, God. Forgive me for trying to get even, God, instead of praying for those who persecute me, God. Forgive me, God, for fitting in when you call me to stand out. Forgive me for trying to be like everybody else when you call me to be different. Lord, I know my soul hangs in the balance. I know, God, that souls hang in the balance, that families hang in the balance, that children hang in the balance. Men of God step up and be men. Women of God step up and be women of God. I want you to look at me all across this building this morning. There's many people here today who's experienced a spiritual restart. Praise God for that. But there are some people here today who can't restart because they've never started. You need to start. You need your you need need this miracle called salvation that, I, that a gentleman received this morning in the 9 o'clock service you need that let's pray it together, are you ready? say Lord here I am broken and spilled out I need you God forgive me of my sin I believe that you died for me and that you rose again for me so that I could live forever. Lord, I need you today. Come into my life. Change me completely. Make me a new person. I repent. I turn away from anything that is not of you. Anything that is not of you. In Jesus' name, by your grace, by your love, and by your mercy, today I am saved. Today, shout it, today I am saved. Now give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.